Housings of the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Age Action Group show here on 3CR 855 AM. My name is Shane. I'm here in the studio with Fiona. Hey, Shane. How are you doing this week? I'm good. How are you? Uh, not as chipper as you. There's been uh, roadworks outside my house the last two weeks. Um, it is excruciating. Uh, that's my own little personal housing problem. I also had a, a routine inspection from the real estate agent this week. <laughs> Fiona is literally rolling her eyes at me <laughs> trying to talk about my own life on this show. I'm not old enough for the older people's housing show. Almost. The uh, almost indeed. Uh, what are we? Well, what more substantial, <laughs> relevant issue are we going to be talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about the Victorian government's big housing build and the 10-year social and affordable housing strategy with a representative from the Victorian Public Tenants Association. Wow, social and affordable housing strategy. That sounds great. I'm sure there could be nothing wrong or questionable about it. I know. It's quite amazing. It's perfect in every way. So the VPTA has been um, doing some campaigning on this, which is really good. And their views align with ours, so we thought we'd get them on. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, don't put them in the shit too bad. Excuse my language. That's the, um, true. All right, we're just going to go right to the interview now, and then we'll talk to you later. So we're joined today by Caitlin Butters, who is the Policy and Communications Officer at the Victorian Public Tenants Association, and um, she's here to tell us a little bit about the work that she does, and we're going to discuss the big housing build. So welcome welcome to the show, Caitlin. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about the Victorian Public Tenants Association? Absolutely. So the Victorian Public Tenants Association, or the VPTA, has been around for almost 21 years now. It was originally an organisation that was pulled together by people who live in public housing in Victoria. Today, we're the peak body for people who live in public housing, and we also represent people who are on the wait list or the Victorian Housing Register. We operate free telephone advice line, uh, which is one eight hundred zero one five five one zero. If you'd like some assistance from our tenant advocates, but we also do community outreach and systemic advocacy work. Great, and we were interested to um, hear your thoughts about the big housing build. So, for listeners um, who may not be aware, the Victorian government has announced five point three billion dollars of funding um, for well, what they're calling um, affordable and social housing. And we've raised concerns on this show before about what this actually means in reality um, because it looks to us like there isn't actually much public housing in this announcement at all. So what was your take on that announcement, Caitlin? Absolutely. Uh, There are definitely concerns that we share. There isn't really any public housing as part of the big housing build. Um, So what the big housing build does deliver is lots of new social housing properties and although lots of them are going to be owned by the government, our understanding is that they're all going to be managed by the community housing industry and whilst we need community housing, our view is that we don't 
just need community housing. We need both community housing and public housing. And we especially need public housing because the rents are often more affordable than in community housing. And community housing find themselves in a very difficult situation where they can't always house the people who are most vulnerable and who have the lowest levels of income because those very low incomes make it difficult for community housing providers to cover their own costs. So that's why we need public housing to grow as well as community housing to make sure that nobody gets left behind. Yeah, and I mean, just for listeners who, who might not be familiar, the, the the main reasons why that's true, why community housing struggles more um, to make, you know, to financially when it comes to people on low incomes is that both public and community housing uh, work on a percentage of the income of the people renting there. Um, the rent is calculated as, as either 25 in public housing percent or 30% in community housing plus rent assistance. Um, but the government also obviously has much more ability to kind of shift around the risk and absorb the losses that come with that, uh, whereas community housing you know, operates like any other private business with a fixed budget, and if the, the amounts they need to cover their costs aren't coming in, they're just not coming in. Mm. And have you been hearing much about um, from public housing tenants about this announcement? Because I, I believe there was some good outcomes in there in terms of uh, repairs and maintenance and things like that. What, what, what have you been hearing from your members around those parts of the announcement? We're hearing a lot of concern. I think a lot of people who live in public housing are, you know, beyond the big housing bill, just generally quite concerned about the seeming policy shift. Uh, there's a lot of concern about what looks to people who live in public housing as a desire to scale back public housing and eventually shift all social housing through to the community housing industry. Uh, so that's a perception that is really worrying to a lot of people who live in public housing. But having said that, there are good things that come out of the big housing build. And as you mentioned, more money for upgrades and much needed maintenance are one of those things. Another really great thing is additional properties for people from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander backgrounds, additional properties for people dealing with mental ill health, and some other really important focus areas that are being delivered through the big housing build as well. So it's not all bad, um, but we do have this very particular concern that there seems to be no growth coming in public housing, which is really worrying. Yeah, and that transfer of stock, I guess, has been a, a trend for a long time, um, and it's certainly happening at a pace in other states as well. In Victoria, they often speak about their support for public housing. Um, you often hear the minister talk about his affection for being a public housing advocate in the past and his strong support for public housing tenants. But when you look at the detail, it does look like, and they're making, they're not hiding this, I guess, that they are planning on massively growing the community housing industry sector um, at the expense of public housing. Um, do you Does the public, Victorian Public Tennis Association, do you represent people living in community housing as well? We don't formally represent people who live in community housing, uh, but we don't turn anybody away either. So if, uh, if you're out there and you live in community housing and you need some help, by all means, contact us because we'll do our best to help you, even though we're not technically the peak body. Yeah. And I guess the other concern that we hear from our from our older tenants living in community housing is that sometimes it's difficult to get um, modifications and, and things like air conditioners and things because the, the community housing provider doesn't have the money. They have to go find grants for those sorts of things, whereas in public housing it's much easier. Um, 
so there has been some announcements, I believe, of some air conditioners in Mildura and some of the hotter areas. Have you been hearing much about how that rollout's going or has it just been announced? We haven't heard much of the rollout yet, uh, just to say that we were really relieved when we saw that announcement being made. Uh, came off the back of some work that an organisation up in Mildura did with the university, Mali Family Care, mm-hmm. that really showed the serious impacts for people who don't live in homes that are thermally efficient and struggle to keep cool during what are very long periods up there of extreme heat and yeah. devastating health and well-being impacts that that can have. So it's really important, I think, that all of our social housing properties move to being thermally efficient and are equipped with both heaters and air conditioners. Just to, to push my own barrow, I mean, that's really interesting in the context that at the end of this month, the residential tenancies reforms are going to come into effect in Victoria on March 29, including minimum standards for rental properties, uh, or for, for new, new tenancies in rental properties. That includes a requirement to install heaters, but nothing about insulation or cooling, which obviously are also super important parts of thermal comfort. And yeah, like you say, the, the health impacts on people who don't have those things can be really devastating. And given climate change, obviously that's going to become even more more of a problem. We we actually had a guest on um, our show last year that was talking about the impact of heat waves on older people, and how it's not considered to be a disaster because it's not as visible, I guess, as a flood or a fire. But it is a disaster for older people. So, yes, insulation all the way. Um, Absolutely. So with with the transfer of stock and and I guess the the announcements of the of the build on public land, it does seem to be that um, they will be providing um, or giving free land basically to not just the community housing sector but also to private enterprise to be able to build on public land. I mean, we're opposed to that at HAG. We think that all public land should be reserved for public housing. Um, does the VPTA have a view on those sorts of mixed um, estates or, or, are you, or are you open to various forms of, of housing builds? Well, I have to say, not. Uh, I don't know the details, sorry, of precisely how land land use will be dealt with under the big housing bill. Uh, so I, I, I couldn't comment on that, but generally speaking, the VPTA wants to see significant growth in publicly owned and managed housing stock. And it seems to me that the easiest way to deliver that is to deliver it on land that the government already owns. Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's um, it's open for consultation at the moment. Not the big housing build, but the ten year housing strategy. Um, so they've they've got a discussion paper. The Victorian government has released the ten year affordable housing strategy discussion paper on the Engage Victoria website, and they're calling for people to make submissions and to answer some questions around that. Um, I'm assuming the VPTA will be putting in a submission. We absolutely will. We're working on it right now and we very much encourage uh, everybody that we come across to do the same thing. The 10-year social and affordable housing strategy discussion paper in many respects is a bit like the big housing build that it comes from right now uh, in that there are lots of things to like such as a plan to make sure that tenant experiences are right at the centre of new development and that communities are strong and don't experience stigma and that there's ongoing growth over the next 10 years, which are all things that we would agree with. What we want to see is a commitment in the 10-year social and affordable housing strategy that locks in a target for overall growth of social and affordable housing and that 
that target includes growth that is in publicly owned and managed stock. What the discussion paper currently says is that they'll seek to have all future growth driven through a larger community housing sector. And mm. we just want to make sure you see growth in both types of social housing. I mean, I, I've asked this of a few guests that we've had, and I, I guess nobody really knows the answer, but I'm interested in your perspective on, like, why is it that the government is so determined or, or so focused on shifting away from public housing towards community housing? Like, what drives that? That's a great question. I think there are a couple of things, and one of those things is that there is a huge stigma around public housing. Uh, lots of people in the public seem to believe that the government is not a good landlord. You hear that a lot, that the government is not a good landlord, which I would actually uh, take issue with that prevailing view. I think that public housing is not perfect. It's not perfect by any means. But a lot of the policy settings that are coming out of head office are exactly where we want them to be, like social housing, like a social landlord, sorry, plan that ensures that people's tenancies are dealt with in a way that's compassionate and understanding of their needs and the importance of place and a secure home, that this is more than just rental collection and maintenance organisation, that this is a social landlord that can really work with tenants to make sure that they get the best out of the opportunity that is public housing. And I think that's a great policy and that's where all social housing tenancy management should be heading. So I don't think it's right to say that the government is not a good landlord, but there is nonetheless a perception that that is the case. Um, then I think another another key issue when it comes to the government is that it's very difficult for them to balance their own books, I suppose, when it comes to public housing. It's never going to be something that makes the government money um, or helps improve the bottom line, but it is nonetheless a really important piece of infrastructure that our community needs and depends upon. And that's not a reason to not grow it in my book. Mm. And that's our taxpayer dollars that we're talking about. So I think just like public schools and public libraries, public housing is something that's the responsibility of government to invest in for the good of the people. That's what it's for. I guess the other thing for older tenants is um, security of tenure, which you did touch upon there. And we're still not quite clear what this shift to community housing is going to mean for things like security of tenure, evictions, um, transfers between properties. Um, if if you do want to move into a different place at the moment, you can make it. You can apply for a transfer through the public housing system, but we're not sure what that's going to mean if there's different community housing providers. Um, have you have you had any? Has there been any kind of indications from either government or the community housing sector about things like evictions and security of tenure and transfers? Have you heard anything? No, I haven't. Only to say that I know that the Residential Tenancies Act will apply. So the new rules around evictions will obviously apply to community housing landlords as they will to Homes Victoria and the CEO of Homes Victoria as they will to private landlords. I think there are a lot of unanswered questions in this space at the moment. And later in the year, the government's holding a regulatory review into social housing. And hopefully the outcome of that review will kind of give us some guidance as to where we're going. Yeah. So if listeners want to get involved, uh, well, first of all, if listeners want to get involved in the Victorian Public Tenants Association, if they are a public tenant or if they're on the wait list, which we know many, many people are, um, you provide advocacy and support for tenants and people on the wait list. So, so could you give that number again for us, Caitlin? Absolutely. It's a free call. 
So the number to contact our tenant advocates is one eight hundred zero one five five one zero, or you can email inquiries at vpta.org.au. That's inquiries with an e. Great. And if they want to find out more about um, what you're asking people to do in terms of the big housing build and the ten year strategy, um, they can jump onto your website. Is that right? They absolutely can. It's www.vpta.org.au or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. We're at Public Tenants on all three. Um, and we'll put links to the website and the phone number in the, the show notes on the, on the 3CR webpage um, if people want to follow up there. Yeah. So is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know about um, either your organisation or the work that you're doing in this area? I think the best thing that your listeners could do right now is jump on engage.vic.gov.au, put in a submission to the 10-year social and affordable housing strategy discussion paper and call for growth in both. We need as many people. I love that slogan. We need growth in both. Maybe we should start a hashtag. Um, I love hashtag growth in both. (laughs) I mean, I guess the other thing to mention when we talk about submissions is that people are often daunted by the prospect of, you know, having to write you know, something that they imagine needs to be quite formal, but it's just a, a way of putting your perspective to the government. You know, if you could write one of those little, uh, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but one of those little, you know, MX, funny little notes to MX that they used to run, <laughs> you could write a letter to the Herald Sun or a tweet or anything like that. You know, you you have all the skills that you need to um, to put your submission to the government to let them know what you believe and what you think that this state needs. Think of it as a letter Absolutely. to the editor. Yeah. In fact, I think they've even got it set up as a survey, so you can just fill in the survey. That's easier. That's oh, right. Even, even easier. Yeah. <laughs> I should have checked the website before I started popping off. <laughs> I mean, everyone loves the MX letters to the editor. <laughs> I love them. Bring them back. Um, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, I, I hope that listeners will check out both your website and Engage Victoria and make some submissions and make their comments. Yeah, and it's really great to see the VPTA taking some leadership in this area because we think it's really important. Not many people stick up for public housing. So, yeah, good on you, Caitlin, and good on you, VPTA. That was Delight with Groovers in the Heart, of course. Listeners, let me let you in on a little secret. I always want to play two songs on this show, always. And Fiona will never let me, but she has stepped out of the studio for a minute. And she will not notice in time that I have snuck a second song into this episode. So if you enjoyed Groovers in the Heart, uh, let's keep it our little secret. Uh, We're going to hear some community announcements now uh, and then be back with some hag business. Like everyone, people who are LGBTIQ plus can experience suicidal thoughts. Living Works deliver workshops that give you the knowledge to help others in the LGBTIQ plus community. Thanks to Northwestern Melbourne Primary Health Network, from now until the end of May, Living Works is offering workshops for the LGBTIQ plus community completely for free. Visit livingworks.com.au to learn how you can help save a life. Northwestern Melbourne Primary Health Network is a 3CR supporter. Now here's something different. The Heatherdale Bowls Club in Mitcham is offering tuition with equipment supplied for singles, couples and all family members to learn the game. You can play whether you are 9 or 90. It's fun and it's free. 
They are located in Heatherdale Road, Mitcham, just up from the Manhattan Hotel in a picturesque parkland area. Their website is hrbc.org.au or just ring Elise on 0409 258 645. That's 0409 258 645. A 3CR supporter. Doesn't that sound nice? Maybe I'll go and learn myself some some bowls. Um, this is Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show on 3CR. Uh, you are with your hosts, Shane and Fiona. Um, Fiona, why don't you tell us a bit about what is happening at Housing for the Aged Action Group? Yeah, so if you were really inspired by that interview with the VPTA and, and really who wasn't, and who wasn't? Let's face it, and really want to get involved and have your voice heard you can come to one of our consultations that we're holding this week. So we're holding a couple of online meetings to talk about the HAG submission to the 10-year affordable housing strategy. And the first one is on Thursday the 25th of March at 10 o'clock in the morning. And it is specifically for people who are interested in talking about what we're calling the missing middle. So those are people who are over the asset limit for getting on the Victorian housing register, the, the public housing wait list, and don't have enough money to buy anything else. So they're sort of in limbo land and we find it quite difficult to find housing options for those people, particularly older women. So we're thinking that maybe the affordable section of the 10-year affordable housing strategy could potentially address the missing middle, and we'd like to hear your ideas about that. So you can jump on um, Zoom and on the phone via Zoom as well and have a chat with us about that at 10 o'clock on Thursday the 25th. The following day on Friday the 26th at the same time, 10 o'clock, we're going to be talking to rural and regional people about what they would like to see. So there has been a announcement of a minimum investment strategy for some of the rural and regional uh, local government areas. Drop in the ocean, I would say, looking at those numbers and also some of them missed out. So if you want to have a say into that, jump onto Zoom. And it's all on our website, oldertenants.org.au, or you can give the office a call. And if that's not enough consultation for you, we will also in April have a consultation about the Retirement Villages Act review for Retirement Village residents. Um, and if that's a, an area that you're interested in, we'll also be talking all about Retirement Village reform uh, on the show next time. What's that? The 14th, 14th mm-hmm. uh, of April uh, with some special guests talking about Retirement Village reform. Uh, fascinating uh, area, which I am extremely passionate about, despite the sarcasm you can hear in my voice. Um, we are going to finish up, but of course, if you need to get in touch with us, or if you want to get in touch with us, either because you're an older person with a housing issue that you need some advice about, some help with, uh, or because you'd like to get involved in some of those consultations or some of the other policy work that we do, uh, we would love to hear from you. Our number is one three hundred seven six five one seven eight. That's one three hundred seven six five. One seven eight. You can also find our website, oldertenants.org.au. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. I was a little jealous that the VPTA has Instagram as well. We're going to have to get onto that, Fiona. I really want Instagram. Oh, I'm scared that she's just going to be har- harassing us for photos from now on. <laughs> I am. Um, but we are out of time uh, for this week. So thanks very much for listening. We're going to leave you with uh, a little bit of Donna Summer, uh, my favorite Donna Summer song. This is I Feel Love. Uh, and I do feel love for all of you, our wonderful listeners. See you later.